Good day and welcome to Part 8 Ministries in our current series, Issues. Today we're going to look together at individualism. The, the Apostle Paul, writing in Philippians 2, verse 3 to 4, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should look not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. And finally, the Apostle Peter writing in 1 Peter 5, verse 5 to 6, All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Contrast those values expressed by Paul and Peter to those of the 21st century society, where morality can be summed up in this kind of attitude. The more you care for others, the more they will care for you. So in other words, so look after the interest of others, and you will also be looked after. Everyone is on level parity, and there is total equality within society. In some of the more narcissistic and cynical parts, there is no other. The order is me, me, and more me, and I am far more important and higher than anyone else. Individualism is where the individual's importance is placed higher than all others and is imbued with self-reliance and personal independence. Even when help and compassion are offered, so often there are strings attached and hoops to be jumped through. If you do this, we will do this for you. And sadly, it is not just within society that this exists, but also within the church and amongst those who call themselves Christians. It is as if we are denying the basic rule of compassion and mercy, which dictates that we are to be serving others, because they are also humans created in the image of God, loved by God, and so therefore should be loved unconditionally by those who proclaim to be God's people, the church. Denying that basic need to others is pure, unadulterated selfishness and places others below our own selves. Individualism within the church lends itself to hypocritical behaviour and attitudes which are inconsistent with scripture and morality. Individualism, where you as an individual are placed at the front of the queue, is not loving others and it is not considering others higher than yourself. And it certainly could not be construed as serving other people to always place your own desires above all others. There is an old acronym, JOY, J-O-Y, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. And the basic aspect of love is that it involves the R word, relationship. So therefore there must be more than one person involved. God is love and is a trinity of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. If God were not trinity, then God could not also be love. The church community is meant to be a radical community of service and love 
which is a reflection of the Trinitarian God. Being part of a radical community of service and love would mean the church going back to basics. The church needs individuals to be living radical lifestyles of devotion to Jesus Christ, engaging with the culture, counting the cost of discipleship of Jesus Christ, and reflecting true humanity. But being an individual in community involves much more than merely being an individual in isolation. Christians are to be involved within communities and not merely be isolationists. So what does a radical Christian community of individuals look like? First of all, it's creative. The church needs to be a community that is seen to be radical by the surrounding society. At Pentecost, the church began when the Holy Spirit filled the disciples. This momentous occasion started the discipleship process of how Christians were to live as God's people. The hallmarks of this community were commitment and transformation. This community was radical. It was where people's lives were being changed as the Holy Spirit filled them, came upon them, and in them. Instead of being a withdrawn people filled with fear of retribution from the Roman government and Jewish leaders, the early church became a people filled with boldness and joy. The New Testament church grew by being a radical community imbued with radical individuals engaging with others. The very existence of the church today is proof that Jesus Christ really did rise from the dead. For if he did not, those who were his disciples would have disbanded and probably gone back to their old lifestyle and the Holy Spirit would not have come. And then there's being creatively radical. If we want the church of today to grow, then we need to be building a strong community of faith. A community which involves joining together isolated and solitary individuals and where people are imbued with love, valued and are showing care to each other. In particular, the frail, elderly, the sick and the young with what the theologian Jürgen Moltmann calls a creative passion for the impossible. An inerrant human need is the need to belong and by fulfilling relational needs the radical church community will become relevant to the people within it. It will then also become relevant to those who are on the outside and looking in. For example, by using virtual reality and digital space and social networks, the housebound and geographically isolated peoples can also be included and cared for. And this involves improving present societal conditions rather than remaining a conservative community which merely repairs the status quo. In doing this, today's church will be emulating characteristics of the early church. As individual Christians were added to the church, discipline helped ensure that the community was being seen as a holy community, a separated community. We see in the early church, as recorded in the book of Acts, that to be excommunicated from the community for gross sin was a severe punishment. However, church discipline is not primarily about punishment, but is rather a formative and corrective service as part of Christian discipleship. Church community discipline is foundational to the making of Christian disciples 
because it concerns the whole community's spiritual health and strengthens the bond with the local society or community. And then the church must also be a community of committed individual Christians willing to be radically following God in both lifestyle and behaviour. Being holy for the Christian means radically exhibiting love for God and for others. It is by being seen as different from the surrounding society that the church community will grow. Often when prayers are said, it is within the perception or the presupposition of the individual prayer of what the answer to that prayer will be. It is as if the answer is there. We're just waiting for God to confirm our presupposition. When in fact, prayer is to be where God is answering the prayers in his own way and timing, often unexpectedly. By the church community and Christian individuals thinking and acting creatively, many more people would be seeing God in action. Instead of independence, one of the prime hallmarks of being a follower of Jesus Christ is the need to be dependent on others as well as being dependable. This is imbued within the story of Jesus Christ washing his disciples' feet. And then the church is also to be a transformed community and it is to be actively engaged in radically helping people to be transformed and not being merely happy. Transformation is a powerful witness to the power of God and shows the relevancy of God and his people to the onlooking society. The best way to show the transformation is for the church leadership to set the example and show a way forward. Good leadership has good accountability to each other and to the whole church community. If the church leaders are displaying a transparent life of creatively loving God and others, then the individual Christians under their care and within those churches will also seek to be transparently loving God and other people. And the media love to report it when a church and or church leader has done something inerrantly wrong. And finally, Jesus recommends that those who follow him be wise like serpents and innocent as doves. This means that we are to be skillful and shrewd in making decisions that are characterized by intelligence, patience and shrewdness. Additionally, we are to be gentle and harmless like doves. This would make our church leaders and us accountable to live a life of integrity worthy of the gospel. This is a life which is seen to be holy and blameless. In order to do this, we need to depend on the Holy Spirit for strength and caring for others as a vital necessity for you and I. By relying on the Holy Spirit who indwells us, we are therefore perpetually connected to Jesus Christ, who is after after all the head of the church community who are his bride. And the devoted communities, the antidote to individualism is the continual creation of radical communities of devoted and transformed individual Christians, willing to be totally devoted to God and God alone and each other and being sustained by the Holy Spirit, who indwells, empowers, comforts, transforms, sustains and guides. By being radical communities, thinking and active creatively, we will be reflecting a creative Trinitarian God. 
and the church will fulfill her bridal mandate of faithfully serving Jesus Christ in submission to God the Father in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 45, gloriously explains how to do this. You have heard that it was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. And then going on to verse 48, In a word what I am saying is, grow up. Your kingdom subjects, now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously towards others, the way that God lives towards you. Now that is the key to radically transformed communities and the antidote to individualism. For more to think about, please do ask yourself the following questions, writing them down if you can, and see how you respond or react to them. Then why not share your answers with your spouse or a close friend, so that you can pray over any issues together. Question 1. What in my life could I change so that the focus is away from myself and on to helping others? Question 2. How can my church and I reflect this Trinitarian God by being creatively loving, transforming and serving? And question 3. How can I help my church be more relevant in its local community? Thank you.